0: You're listening to the Classic Gamers Guild Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Classic Gamers Guild Podcast. I am your host, Anna. I'm here with your other host, Paul, and we are here, no surprise, to talk about classic games. Sound about right?
1: Yeah, that sounds right. That was actually <laughs> our first idea for this week's episode. We're like, let's talk about old games.
0: <laughs> Ooh, for a change, though.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no one's really doing that, are they?
0: <laughs> actually, not, not that many. At least not these ones in particular. And we mean games that came out tonight specifically in 1989 or thereabouts. I mean, so we've learned in the research for this episode the borderlines of games and when they were released and when you could play them are a little bit fuzzy from country to country or even when announced developed and actually released.
1: Yeah, and this gives everyone a little insight into our, you know, process (laughs) to sound like a (laughs) douche about it. We, We say to ourselves, let's talk about old games and then we're like, you know, how about Bloody one of the years in which games are now old. And then, and then it's 1989, yeah? That's, that's that's the genius of it, <laughs> and, into an idea like this. Um, no, but the truth is is, is we just wanted to, to, every now and then, just stop in and, and focus on a year in classic gaming. In this case, we're going to start with 1989. Um, and, you know, every now and then just do an episode and kind of showcase the year and talk about the games that came out, any significant advances that might have happened that year. Um, I don't really think that's this year. Uh, spoilers. But, but you know, if it was, mm-hmm. like, '90 d uh, or I think that's when King's Quest V came out and CD-ROM multi-mixed-up Mother Goose something,
0: I'm not going to mm-hmm. edit that
1: out. So, you know, we're all just going to have to try and make sense of it. <laughs>
0: When things started, like, coming out, didn't they start coming out in CDs around that time, too? Like, instead of them throwing, like, 18 discs at us, things slowly started coming out on CDs over the next couple years. But not in 1989. Back then, it was all disc, baby.
1: (laughs) (laughs) If there was something that happened this year, we would tell you, um, but there wasn't. But there was lots of other great stuff, so don't, you know, bloody turn the channel, because we do have some good stuff for you. Um, here, here's where we could start, and you, you kind of picked 1989, um, I, I really liked the year too, so I, you know, I didn't put up any, any friction or a fight or whatever, but why did you pick, uh, 89?
0: Mm. I think it's because it's the first year I was super sentient and really starting to understand and grasp what I was playing and what I was doing on a, you know, that higher level where you actually remember it when you were growing up. Ah, So, like, the games I played in that year had more, like, meaning to me.
1: Got you. Okay. Uh I'm going to have to be more coherent than I have been so far because you're giving good answers. (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't prepared for that.
0: Well, and it was before everything turned to, like, point-and-click and and stuff. It was, like, the last true year of the games that I enjoyed that were, like, a little bit later than the early, early, really hard games like King's Quest 1 and 2 and even Space Quest 1, but a little bit earlier than the games where they started holding your hand a little bit more, like King's Quest 5 or Leisure Suit Larry 5.
1: Okay, there it is. There's the route. So so 1989... Represents something for you
0: Yeah, It's more the year of where everything Paused when you typed Where you could bring up what you typed With a space bar <laughs> the, the games were a little bit smarter The graphics were really really pretty And and nobody held your hand
1: Yeah I, I love how much the, the typing with, with the pausing comes up In our conversations <laughs> on this podcast it, it's, it's so it's important funny. to me <laughs> Yeah it's funny how absolutely Relevant that is in our lives I still sit firmly on the fence because I like like how it doesn't pause, so you can type things like open door on your way to the door, but I like how Mm -hmm. it does pause because it's not panicky.
0: Mm -hmm. I am an F3 hoverer with the earlier games. I I usually have whatever I'm doing prepped in because I've played the game before. probably know what's coming up or i just died so i know what's coming up and then it'll just sit there and i'll hover and then i'll f3 at that moment and then it's all ready and i just i feel less stressed out that way plus now we play them so fast the games go so fast to play it as slow as we played it when we were kids and typing it's so unbearably slow but it gave us as kids time to like type shit too
1: yeah yeah exactly yeah well i i'm gonna i'm gonna make this like twenty seconds of of the episode because I accidentally p- spent an entire episode talking about SCI Zero with you recently. I'll, I'll just warn everyone this is the year of SCI Zero, basically,
0: nineteen eighty
1: nine. So so for me it's, it's kind of the same thing. It was uh, it was just I don't know peak. If I was looking at adventure games specifically, or even more specifically Sierra, which I mean I I'm always looking at adventure games specifically mm-hmm. that's you know obvious by now <laughs> unless you're first time in which case hello hope you like sierra <laughs> adventure games well, both a
0: lot <laughs> what well, was a good year for music too you had the roland mt32 support right and and okay back in the day they used to send you a tape if you're like hey I don't have that kind of. I'm using a PC speaker, and I don't know why in the world I want to want to get it. And then you can write them a letter and send them the money for postage, and they'll send you a cassette in the mail that shows you how the game sound could sound. I thought that was like a great little advertising technique.
1: Oh uh, yeah, so so good, so good. It's so, mm-hmm. such a such a warm and fuzzy part of, of uh, back in back in the day, back in our day, things like that. I remember <laughs> as a as a kid. Um, my my dad, when he was a kid, had used to write companies letters, and he t- had me do the same thing. And in return, like if you were to write a company a letter as a child, they would send you stickers back. And it, w- it was <coughs> just so wholesome and cool. Like I got stickers from like STP, uh, uh, the not the bloody band, they weren't around yet, but the the oil um, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah, it was just just such a cool time. And if if back in the day, you did send away for one of them cassette tapes, you know go ahead and put Mm -hmm. it on ebay for like four thousand dollars because it'll probably sell
0: (laughs) i know i'm always curious about people that received stuff from sierra i want to hear about all the people that won all the contests like the college scholarships the trips to london like show me some photos from your trip that you won from sierra like wouldn't that be cool i would love that
1: who went to sherwood forest who bloody won that trip to england (laughs) i want to know so badly if you took the money i'm gonna be very disappointed (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that wouldn't be a good story at all. But yeah, 89 was the beginning of that, you know, and Sierra was well into their little relationship with Japan at the time. You're getting cool games like Thexter. You're well into that stuff. It was just ah, such a cool year.
1: It was. And, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start my, my, you know, saying of words at you and everyone else by starting with not adventure games because I never do that. So let's just kind of get it out of the way. It's going to be uncomfortable for everyone um <laughs> bloody bonk came out i do like bonk that's a great Me game too
0: big head fun game so satisfying had it on nintendo
1: yeah and you know in a recent episode i said to rick you know nobody nobody played it because nobody had one but but if i'm being actually honest i kind of actually did have a turbo oh. graphics sorry for context turbo I, I turbo graphics
0: 16.
1: <laughs> yeah it was it was wow. my big brothers but obviously you know i had access if, you know, mm-hmm. if I wanted it bad enough, I guess.
0: <laughs> um, you so, just uh, must pay. <laughs> yeah.
1: And all I remember is Bonk and Spider House. Bonk
0: was good. I remember really enjoying that game. I never owned it, though. I rented it from Crazy Mike's Video. <laughs> I've also brought that place up in the podcast a couple of times, too. But come on. Crazy Mike's Video. That is like the 1990s all over the place. yeah, 80s, yeah. <laughs> So much.
1: Yeah. I captured, I don't know. It, it was also kind of... I was just going to say that 1989 was kind of peak 80s, but I think, like, 1992 was
0: peak 80s. Yeah, the early 90s, when you look at photos, was so much more 80s than the actual 80s were, like, by far. Yeah,
1: exactly. Like, uh, our memory of of a lot of the the 80s tropes was really like a 90 through 92 or three thing.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, which is Nirvana. kind of the age where we're like, yeah, well, then everything changed, of course. But no, 1989 was great. Prince of Persia, I, I thought I was actually younger when I started playing it, but clearly it didn't come out till 89. But uh, that game was so hard and so good and all rotoscoped and it looked so pretty and the movements were so fluid and, and having played games like Karatika, I was just super prepped for a game like that. I don't know if, if you played the original Prince of Persia.
1: I did, yeah. I um, we still had Macintosh at the time, like we didn't mm-hmm. we didn't switch to to PC um, until I think ninety five. So the sprite of your character in the Macintosh version is the sprite that you would get of your character in the sequel on the PC. He's got the I'm turban. Knowing. on. I should have started with that. Yeah. Oh,
0: okay. <laughs> I didn't know that.
1: And so re- just recently, I played the DOS one for the first time ever. It was like after I built like a forty six, I, I turned it on and just didn't I didn't get that like sweet dopamine nostalgia kick. And I was like, what's, what's was going definitely. on here? Like, w- the, it's Prince of Persia, I'm trying to get excited about it, but it's not happening. And I, I kind of did the math and, and Googled it real quick, and sure enough, I was like, oh my god, yeah, I played a totally different version. He, he, looks, he looks a lot better in the Mac version, just because it is like a newer sprite they plugged into the older version of the game, I guess.
0: Oh, funny. So it was, like, going backwards in time. I felt that way about Tapper, because, like, originally I played the alcohol Tapper game, but, like, when I went and replayed it later, it was the root beer Tapper, and it was just a little bit different, so not quite right.
1: Yeah, not quite right. And and I should redact my previous statement. I said it does look better. That's clearly just because I played that one, so I'm sure everyone (laughs) listening (laughs) that disagreed with that, who played with the DOS version... I didn't mean to alarm anyone. I'm sorry. It was a selfish <laughs> comment. I'll do better.
0: They all turned it off right then. They never heard your apology. Uh, angry <laughs> emails incoming, Paul. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Prince of Persia, as you already said, it's a really good one because it's, you know, one of the three bloody non-adventure games I allow into my life, so it's, I'm not proud of the ones I've got here because I haven't played them, but, but just so you know, because you might have, um, that's right, you, John, <laughs> you, Michael, you know, just just say some bloody names. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> eventually, Courtney. eventually, I'll hit Get one up of them. On it.
1: Yeah, um, <laughs> but we had uh, we had Fantasy Star 2. so mm-hmm. you know, that's a Something. game.
0: <laughs> a boy in his blog. Did you ever play that with like the jelly beans? They remade it recently, but like I I rented it on Nintendo. It was actually really freaking hard.
1: No, I'm uh, looking at it or looking it up now. I've got so many bloody tabs open. Okay, hmm. boy in his blob. So good. Let's find out what that's about.
0: Yeah, the little blob changes into things, like he'll be a ladder or a little trampoline.
1: I'm not getting any familiarity. That's going to just have to work um, when I look at a boy in his blob.
0: Mm-hmm. It's cute, though, right? I mean, it looks cuter than it is, but really, it's quite frustrating. But it's a great game. Hmm
1: have to try it out. I do mess around with old um, Nintendo games on my phone's emulator.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, do so. It doesn't really... Ex- now, like, when I did the more modern version of it, it kind of held your hand. Like, do this to do this. But, like, in the original, it doesn't tell you what color jelly bean does what. You just need to, like, learn as you play by seeing what he's like. And then you select through and you pick. So. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I'll have, yeah.
1: To, I'll have to legally acquire this and then try it on, on my phone.
0: Yes, indeed. But So the
1: one time I, I don't play adventure games is, is like on the emulators because you, you can't really play an adventure game and go to the bathroom, you know? Mm-hmm. That's more of like a commitment. Like, you you know, you don't have like three hours, for example. So, yeah, you know, a quick bathroom You could break save
0: cause... it up, not go to the bathroom for a week. Yeah. <laughs> and do it all at once, but then you have like a few hours to get into the game, you know? <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, light some candles, buddy. Make it a, make it a, make it for you. Yeah, you
0: know? it's a date Take for a yourself. It's special. But anyways, <laughs> we're sure all of us play various games on the toilet. Probably not adventure games. If you do play adventure games on the toilet, well, good for you. Uh, that's uh, it takes determination.
1: Yeah, no, we're proud of you. Um, <laughs> can I stop talking about non-adventure games now? Cause I got nothing else.
0: What about this? Have you have you played the Lost Dutchman's Mine? I haven't played it, but now that I know it existed and it came out, and it's an adventure game from 1989, I really, really want to play it.
1: No, no, I'm just seeing this now. Um, I thought, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. Well, it's funny because there's LMO in, in the Dutchman's Mine, right? Mm-hmm. That you had played.
0: Oh yeah, uh, LMO in the Lost Dutchman's Mine. That's a great Thanks. game. Yeah, I
1: wonder if uh, you know what the, what the connection is there, if any.
0: No, I don't think much of any. But I could be wrong because I haven't researched it. So, but yeah, it's an adventure game. It looks cute. It's an, and it's it's right up my alley. I love watching documentaries about the Lost Dutchman's Mine and all that. It's a good story. So.
1: Oh, see, that's what I okay. I didn't know that. So it's like a, you know, it's like an established tale.
0: Yeah, yeah It's it's a real thing. It's the treasure uh, has never been found. It's like in the southwest US. Oh, okay. I know. Uh, but this. every year people have been searching for it, and like so many people have died looking for it. But this treasure is supposed to be massive. So whoever, whoever ends up finding it is going to be like, damn fine. So that's pretty cool. Okay.
1: No, I had no idea it was a real thing. No, no I get it. They're just.
0: Yeah. You can go can down be. the YouTube rabbit hole and, and watch Leonard Nimoy talk about it in In Search of or something. It's, it's just great. I'll we'll have to try that. I
1: just watched Leonard Nemo Try to Talk in Australian recently. It was fun.
0: Really? Yeah. What was that on? It was horrible.
1: <laughs> um, honestly, I don't remember. It was a TV show, but I don't know. Yeah, it's not even worth looking up. It's just not a good no. time.
0: That's funny. No, we, we ordered the whole DVD, all and. 45 episodes of in search of from amazon because they re-released it in 2012 and we've just been watching nothing but that all week it's flipping amazing <laughs> but that has nothing to do with 1989 but i tell you it's really fun to watch it's like history itself i love seeing what they got wrong you're like that did not happen we are not underwater <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> How about Hoyle's Book of Games? Like, who did not want to play cards with their favorite game characters when they could be a little bit caddy to each other, right? Eighty nine was great. I used to love Hoyle.
1: Yeah, and it was funny because that's uh, eighty nine. I also have down here was Solitaire and Minesweeper came out that year as well. Oh.
0: Hmm. Which is. Yeah, I didn't know that.
1: I guess I I I guess they're oddly iconic. Both of them. The um, I was gonna say we had the uh, Atari Lynx growing up. I, I don't know why I said we. Uh, I I did, and mm-hmm. I really liked it. I recall a trip to like San Francisco and having it with me uh, mm-hmm. on on like a tourist kind of vacation there or whatever holiday, and with the 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 Lynx I had a game called Blue Lightning and it was amazing. Mm-hmm. And I've always wanted to find if anybody listening knows of one, please let us know. If there's any game out there for for DOS. That, or Windows, that was like Blue Lightning. It, it was mm. it was a jet game, and it was super fun. But anyway, I don't know if it came out in 89. I do know the Lynx did, and it was made just for the Lynx um, and nothing else. But yeah, the Lynx was a cool system. Yeah. I guess. I, I mean, it was the only one, one I had. It's not like, you know, I was like a blogger for a PC magazine when I was nine. I just had Lynx. So I mean, I, I don't know about comparatively speaking how good it was, but I sure enjoyed it. <laughs>
0: Oh wow! I see. Okay, Atari Lynx. Very cool, very blue looking.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was, it was a strange One. It was. This was the years um, we brought up. I, I get. Guess, I'm guessing Bonk maybe launched with Turbo Graphics because that's when the the mm-hmm. PCE came out, or Turbo Graphics mm-hmm. as it was in America.
0: Hmm. I wonder if it looked a little bit better graphically on the Turbo Graphics than it did on the NES.
1: In the case of the Turbo Graphics, we did have a probably a Sega at the time, but it's like mm-hmm. if you had a game for one system, you weren't going to get bought that same game for the other one, so you still no, couldn't compare, I mean. <laughs> you know? <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> no, that makes sense, because yeah, I had a Sega and a Nintendo. I know the Sega was notoriously known for having better graphics, but they both had their charm.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's funny too, Nintendo really never... Never tried to make a run. Well, that's not true. I don't know enough about that to make a bold statement on this podcast. As, no, it's <laughs>
0: true. Their graphics weren't. They're just like, and, and they didn't bother with like voices. You'd be like excited if Mario said a little thing on GameCube because they're like, they weren't as worried about that as Sony became, I think, right, in right. my opinion. So, What else came out though? Colonel's Bequest, right? Isn't that 89? That's a good game.
1: Yeah, that's like so
0: that a that's that set the mood for like so many other games later on. That one was pretty groundbreaking, if you ask me.
1: Yeah, definitely. Well, you had said that you know when you pick the year, you would look more to you had more of like a symbolic kind of reasoning for it. You know, it was like the the last of of a generation, which you're not wrong. Um, mm-hmm. But I think for me, when I when I go to pick a year, or at least when I thought of of eighty nine, the 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 first thing, I, first place I went was game related. So I was like, okay, '89 Space Quest Three and Colonel's Bequest, and those are mm-hmm. definitely—I I, don't—I I never really know what my own top five is, but they'd both be in it every time I listed it. Mm-hmm. Probably. <laughs> I'm not good at, i don't commit to this very well. Um, but yeah, I mean that—that that alone makes it like a legendary year to have two of like you know two all-time favorites in the same year being Space Quest Three and Colonel's Bequest. That's kind of
0: mm-hmm. kind
1: of bloody case closed.
0: And I'm sure like so many people are going to listen to this episode and be like, "Well, actually this came out in this year or this came out at the beginning of 1990. We get it. I mean, 1989 ish. Heavy on the ish. You yeah. Know, right around that time cuz you know that's the kind of podcast we are. We we exactly. don't want to like mess you over with facts and data. We're, we're a very
1: ishy podcast. <laughs> Heavy on the issues. But but no, you bring up a good point because well, there's a couple of factors, right? There's the 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 platform factor, like uh, like I said, we we had Macintoshes in, until a certain point through this period of time. So, like you know, we got things later, generally, like quite a bit later. It's like a, you know, a year or more. But the other thing, before we were recording, you had mentioned to me that you were looking up, uh, you were doing some research in a in a strategy guide, right,
0: for this mm-hmm. episode,
1: and the strategy guide had um, not not necessarily even in incorrect data, but it, the The guide wrote it down as how they probably were told it was going to be. And mm-hmm. now in hindsight, we look back and you were like, well, you know, it's, it has Space Quest three for 1988. Mm-hmm. So the two of us were just kind of talking before the show and saying, like, maybe from reading Sean's book, um, The Sierra Adventure, go bloody buy it from Sean Mills. It's awesome. Um, mm-hmm. And Ken's book as well. Um, you and Ken definitely wanted a, a flagship game out for Christmas. And... Mm-hmm. We, we looked up when Space Quest 3 came out, and, and it looks like the first release was, was March 23rd, March. I believe. March.
0: Like, March? Who does that?
1: Right? Yeah, right? <laughs> it's,
0: a, it's, a weird,
1: it's a weird time of date. And, and I remember reading in Sean's book as well that, that um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: maybe it was even when he was on our podcast that, that I remember this from. Doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Either way, um, that he really wanted a game out for Christmas, uh, one of the flagship games out for Christmas. So, you know, Larry mm-hmm. or one of the Quest games, one of the big established flagships for their brand. And and that was especially the case if there wasn't a King's Quest. And,
0: mm-hmm.
1: well, actually, you know what? I was going to say there was no King's Quest in 89. That's true. But there there was one in 88, which would have been was, the Christmas. Yeah,
0: because it jumped from 88, and then the next one was, like, in 90. So it kind of right. skipped 89. Yeah.
1: Okay. So that doesn't strengthen the point. But it still stands, still possibly valid. So if anybody out there knows, was Space Quest supposed to come out for Christmas? Because it's a little mm-hmm. weird it came out in March. But regardless... Mm-hmm. Point is, is, you know, even in doing the research for this episode, we might still have things wrong because, you know, like an official published strategy guide had things wrong because maybe it didn't ship on time or maybe they just got, mm-hmm. maybe they just got it bloody wrong. Who knows? But yeah, we're bloody we're we're trying. But yeah, anyway. So the the game's in eighty nine. This is this is pretty it's pretty legendary if you like, like bang for the buck. If you had to pick a year, your, adventure game wise, anyway, and especially mm-hmm. really Sierra. Is is you get Colonel's Bequest, Space Quest Three, Leisure Suit Larry Three, Conquest of Camelot, Quest for Glory, and Codename name Iceland.
0: Yeah, or Hero's Quest in that year. It wasn't quite Quest for Glory yet, but it was coming. That's right.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Um, that's yeah. That's huge. That that's like mm-hmm. I'd, I'd argue maybe one of their like strongest years ever. Mm-hmm. Colonel's Bequest obviously has has its fans and. And it's, you know, Camelot, it, the Camelot series is almost like that, That like, uh, I don't, I hope this doesn't come across in like a douchey gatekeeping way because I only mean it in a funny, jokey way. But like, it's like the Connoisseurs level Sierra game. You know, it's like when, when you know like the, when you know the quest games so well, you know, you start digging mm-hmm. into other things and, and you just, you reach that, that next level fan where they're like, mm-hmm. you know, but you got to, you got to try these Conquest games. Like that's like some, uh, like Cohiba uh, I, I tried to try to make a cigar reference, I guess. I don't know why. Oh, yeah. There's no business doing that either.
0: Like a Romeo and Julieta or yeah, yeah, yeah. a really nice Cuban. A or... Joyo de Monterrey. Yeah, yeah, like that.
1: That's Yay. fancy for the hole in Monterey. <laughs> <laughs> I think <laughs> sorry, the joke
0: Nope, that was good. But it was a great game, and it had great riddles in it. I mean, it was well-researched. Christy Marks was just so good at facts and had experience entertaining the masses doing a show like Jem. So she just, she knew what she was doing. And I, I have always remembered Conquest of Camelot so strongly because I figured out all of the riddles myself and with my family because you couldn't look it up and I was able to finish the game. And to me, that, that felt really good
1: yeah Camelot for me like i'm uh I'm saving it in a weird way like like that one kid when when everyone got handed a piece of candy in class, there was always that one kid that like didn't eat the candy right away and they saved it until everybody <laughs> else ate theirs and then they took it out like a dick um, <laughs> that's that's what I'm doing right now with uh with Camelot because I realized mm-hmm. that, that I realize I'm going to like it. <laughs> these are facts. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's not a game that's, that's, you know, polarizing as far as whether or not people would enjoy it. And it's like the last virgin experience with a Sierra parser game that I'll ever have. And I, mm-hmm. and I just don't know when, to, when, to, when I'm ready to take, you know, take that away from myself and, and always have this one last one to play.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, when you do, it's it's worth it. It Even recently, I was watching uh, one of the guilders from the Classic Gamers Guild Facebook group doing a stream uh, about the game. It was just even just to watch somebody play it again felt so good. It's such a pretty game. And I should say, too, I actually haven't played Iceman. I've played Iceman before, but uh, I will have never completed. Oh, OK. Everybody's going to be so surprised. I never completed the submarine part. Yeah. And then that was it. I just put it away and I never finished it at all. So that was it. But like Manhunter too, I, re- or I really liked Manhunter, but I never got past the part where he had to do the knife thing on his hand and not get his fingers. And I think I didn't end up finishing it until much later.
1: Right, right. Yeah. Well, And the reason I left, I left Iceman off of that, that perhaps overly romanticized sentiment I have about saving uh, Camelot, not not like you know saving Camelot <laughs> in a heroic <laughs> it's fashion a different game. <laughs> or anything remotely physical, yeah. Um, but but the reason I, I include Code is just because, while I just recently heard from from Allister and and Sean uh, Sean McCauley and Alistair, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm confident in saying your last name, mate. Gallet, Gallet. Mm-hmm. Is it if if it's French origin? I wouldn't say the T, so that'd be like mm-hmm. Gallet. Uh, which it's not, because of how that sounded. Oh God! Unless it is, then I just insulted <laughs> it. Let's just stop. Alistair and Bloody Sean in our in our group has kind of stood up for Iceman, and, and I, I respect Sean's opinion on a lot of things. So I was like, really, you liked it? Because that makes me excited to to actually play it. And he said that it bloody uh, it wasn't good for being Iceman. It was just good. Like he just liked uh-huh. it. So and and Alistair backed him up. I'm like, okay. So people, if people like the game. I can like it too. I like liking things.
0: Mm-hmm. I like that. Somebody said that to me about Manhunter 2, which is another game that came out in 89. It was Jamie from the Guild, and she's like, yeah. I mean, it was good. It was actually even better than one. There was some improvement. So, I mean, it's one that I haven't played at all yet. I didn't even know there was a Manhunter 2 until a few years ago.
1: Right, yeah. I will say too the other note I had written down was that it was a really quiet year for Lucas in the sense that they only had um, Indiana Jones in the Last Crusade, which I adore. I really like that game.
0: Yeah, it's pretty.
1: It is great call. Yeah, It it. it <laughs> I think because it's based in the real world, it doesn't get praised for its its art enough. There's nothing you know sci-fi or fantasy or uh, you know kind of outstanding, but but just the way they capture the, the feel of the movie and and the scenes from the movie, it's like. For me, that game got the closest to me feeling like I was in a film. Like it really felt yeah. like I was playing out the movie.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it was a great way to get somebody into it. I mean, if if you've seen the movie and you haven't played the game, maybe you're not into it. It's it's kind of a nice introduction into that world.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, really, it really is a nice nice introduction into these world. They make them really likable. I, I adore that game. It, it's. I I am a little hard on it now because I think because maybe it's a Lucas yeah. game and it makes mistakes so it's like it it feels like one of the more dated Lucas games I guess is what I'm saying which is mm-hmm. not really fair cuz you know it's 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 still not as brutal as a lot of Sierra games so it's it's <laughs> kind of unfair to do that to to Last Crusade but but I will say specifically the bloody uh, and, and Chad Armstrong brought this up in in the facebook group as well he 'd recently played through it and mentioned the 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 bloody Zeppelin part and, and fighting in the castle mm-hmm. if if they were just if they were just nicked from that game it would be it 'd be one of my favorites ever like that game's amazing, but whenever I go to like You know, you kind of tease the idea of replaying a game, run it through your head. What's that, you know, how's it play? What's that going to be like if I do that? And every time I I run the scenario through my head, I'm like, eh, the Zeppelin and the bloody hallways in the castle. I hate it. I
0: think they do that sometimes. I feel like that sometimes I'm just like, I get it. I want to play it and I respect the arcade sequence. But like in this LucasArts games, maybe I just want to click a skip button. Where's the skip button? You know, even in some Space Quest games, they're like, you really don't want to do this? Okay. You know, yeah. like, they're, sometimes they're a little nicer.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, I, I have that problem with the Space Quest series in general. It's it's uh, For anyone who's been listening, they very much know how much I love Space Quest, so I don't, I don't have to at all preemptively set this up, which I, I guess <laughs> I just did, so that doesn't count. But anyway, <laughs> but but the one thing that always keeps me... We had recently kind of brought up the notion of what makes a perfect game uh, when we were discussing mm-hmm. Fate of Atlantis, and, and I, none of the Space Quests could qualify because they... They all have like a, they just all have a mistake in them like a, like a maze. Um, mm-hmm. the, the Space Quest V really stands out because that, that I wanted to call a perfect game but the maze at the end of that is, is it's not perfect. It's, it shouldn't be there. It's definitely like, what if the players, what if the customer got through this too quickly? Yeah, okay, what this. if we
0: need to extend the game by another three to four hours?
1: Yeah yeah how just, can we do sucks. that <laughs> and i think trolls had brought this up recently where, where he mentioned the maze and it just kills the pacing and mm-hmm. and it's it's true like oh the space yeah. great and then all of a sudden like even with a walkthrough it takes a while <laughs>
0: you know yeah exactly. like even with
1: the walkthrough those kind of mazes are stressful because you're like okay so you look down at the walkthrough and you try and retain as many steps ahead as possible so you're like left right mm-hmm. forward left and <laughs>
0: Yeah, and then you're like, did I do the forward, left, left, or did I just do the first left? Ah, shit. Yeah,
1: exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Take a stab at it, swing and a miss. But anyway, sorry.
0: No, no, not at all. I was just, I'm just, I'm just thinking about all the things that were happening. Like Sierra was going heavier into home productivity software at that time. They were starting to delve further into merch, t-shirts, and all that other stuff too. It was kind of a, a big year where they were really trying to branch out and expand their audience as well.
1: Yeah, it was a huge year, and and to your point exactly, with uh, I think Heroes Quest kind of is is a, the shining example there. The fact that they got it out this year, because that was that was Ken blatantly wanting to to expand his market.
0: Yeah, and I mean, taking a footstep from Richard Garriott's page, looking at uh, RPGs as well, and. You know, so many influences, as we've talked about with the Coles on that, that uh, there, there was just, there never has been, and there never will be anything else like that series.
1: So I guess before we, before we wrap up, I will, just for, just for fun, mention a few things that happened on, like, the techie side of uh, um, 1989. Some, some bloody releases and stuff. Like, we had uh, Wankworm was first detected in 1989. I just wrote that down because it sounds fun. I don't. I, mean, mm-hmm. I guess it's a virus. But the ones that you might actually recognize would be like uh, Corel. First release these Corel Draw in January of '89, um, which was my
0: everything. Like literally, I still have really? the keyboard commands memorized, and I did oh, all wow. my stuff in Corel and Corel Draw. And then my mom branched off into like some Adobe stuff later, even though we ran PC, so it was like super expensive because, like as you know, it's like totally a Mac program. But Corel was my everything, and I, I ended up going into WordPerfect, of course, being the natural follow-up, Corel yeah. WordPerfect. Yeah, that's DWP. so good, so good. Reveal uh, Codes, I always worked in Reveal Codes, F3, all the time, all the time, so I could always see exactly what was happening and what I was doing in it. I loved the amount of precision you had in a program like that.
1: Oh, I had no idea that you, you were uh, you so passionate about uh, Corel Draw and that you used it so much.
0: Yeah, that was, my, that was my thing. My mom was a computer graphics artist, so that's what she trained me in. Gotcha. All,
1: all these episodes, still, still some mystery. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we can all um, discover so much about each other. <laughs>
1: yeah. So, yeah. Right down to Corel Draw. Oh, I never. <laughs> it's um, very
0: specific. <laughs>
1: that wasn't the one with Toot and Common on it, right? Was that deluxe paint? Mm-mm.
0: No, that, that oh. was deluxe
1: paint. Okay. Okay. Or had like an iconic cover. Um, but anyway, the, some other things came out was SQL server, which mm-hmm. I'm sure, you know, to me, it's just a familiar sounding thing, mm-hmm. um, that I probably should know. And it's probably in my daily life and I, I don't care. Um,
0: and the 486 came out, right? That yes. was pretty freaking big. I moved out with my 486. I loved my 486.
1: Yes, that is, that is peak computer for me. Well, it actually peaks the exact wrong word, but <laughs> it is, mm-hmm. it is not peak, uh, in in any regards to performance, but yeah, have four eighty six is, is is ideal, iconic. The four eighty six with DX came out that year. That's that, that that's pretty huge too.
0: Mhm.
1: It's kind of weird to think like if if since that's my kind of preferred nerd uh, instrument, a four eighty six that that by nineteen eighty nine I had all I needed. In mm-hmm. a degree. <laughs> when it came to computing for games it's crazy
0: yeah i mean honestly if if time paused and i was never able to play any games that came out after the end of 1989 that would be okay like there's a few things i would miss of course here and there but overall i'd be pretty satisfied
1: yeah yeah exactly it it could it would work would get by Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um all right, we got a few a few cool ones. Um, so Pro Tools first came out in 1989. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously huge. You know, I, 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 nowadays I, I think it's Premiere that that gets a lot of the the attention and love uh, and whatever. But Pro Tools was kind of the the original Premiere in, in a loose and possibly incorrect way to summarize it. Um, mm-hmm. Cubase came out. Um, that's that's kind of neat. Um, I've got also got down that uh, Python was developed. Um, oh, the zip file was developed by uh-huh. Philip Katz in 1989. It's kind of neat.
0: And we're still trying to figure out how to unzip those suckers for free, which we've <laughs> been doing ever since the beginning. And they've been, I'm just like, you've been threatening to charge me money for unzipping stuff, any program, for like forever. I've never paid a dime, but I've unzipped everything I've got. Uh,
1: that's, uh, that's, one, that's one of my douchey Mac guy complaints about PC. The way they handle zips is obnoxious. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. really annoying, because even when it's free... Cause I, I have to use both operating systems on a daily basis, and, and and I prefer Mac, but I have to use Windows for a lot of things. But like, even the free ones, like PZip or whatever, like they just they make a thing about it. Like mm-hmm. like it opens up with like a menu, and you got to click OK, and and then and you know, tell it where to download it, and then once it's done unzipping, you have to close another box acknowledging that it's done. Like it's you, well. I'm just unzipping a file, mate. Just do the thing. Like I don't why do I got to sign off on it several times? Just unzip it. Put it where it was, but now unzip. <laughs> that's all you got to do. It's not a yeah. thing. There's no conversation to have. Sorry. It, it bothers no, me daily. Okay.
0: I f- no, I, I just, I always wondered, like, is it because it's like a liability thing that your operating system won't unzip stuff? I always wondered that. Like, is it a thing like, oh, we won't do it because you might potentially unzip something that could, like, fuck us up?
1: You know, that's a... I would totally buy that argument if it wasn't for the fact that zipping is not an issue with Macs and Macs are more paranoid, Mm -hmm. more obnoxious and, you know, in a bad way, they're more protective of that stuff than even Windows. But in Mac, you just double bloody click it and and wherever the zip was, now a folder is. Like, hey, if you didn't want it exactly there, move it your fucking self and you're done. We just wanted to get it unzipped for you.
0: That's, (laughs) That's what I want. It's like every time I get a new PC and it's Windows based and I forget and then I go to unzip something and it's like, oh, what's this? Oh, what do you want me to do with this? I'm like, are you serious?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, especially being a Mac person, I had that moment, uh, like you know, a couple years ago when I, when Windows Ten slowly creeped into my daily life. I was just like, like this is arcane. This is ridiculous. Everything I deal with is zipped. Like every other thing. Like you, you, this is a thing now, really. But anyway.
0: Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, zip- zipping started back then, and they've been trying to get us to pay for it ever since. That's the point.
1: Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Um, and there's there's a bunch of other, like I was going to go into some of the companies that started that year, like ASUS, but that's not really all that interesting. Um, and I'll wrap up the last of my prepared thoughts, I guess you could say, uh, before I get your last thoughts Anna, and say that there's one last game we have to mention so we don't get, you know, bloody crucified for, for not, wait, is that, a, is that an okay thing to say?
0: Nah. I'm the wrong person to ask about things uh, that are PC. (laughs) uh,
1: Yeah, I feel like the Jewish guy shouldn't say that. All right, hold on. (laughs) Damn it. Um, Okay. All right, and I'll wrap up the last of my prepared thoughts by saying, um, and then I'll get your final thoughts, Santa. but by saying there's there's one game left that we, we... Somebody would be angry if we didn't mention. We don't want that, and it has to be mentioned, and it bloody deserves to be. It recently got a whole episode uh, with you and Rick when I was uh, when I was gone and that Sim City came out hmm. in 89.
0: Was that 89? Geez. Wow. Yeah, that's another good game. I mean, it started me on uh, caring about economy and how things worked, what a commercial district was, what an industrial district was, there was a lot of training because like, I didn't pay attention in school or social studies. So like, that was social studies, I think.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Is this learning. <laughs> yeah, it was. No, you you're right. You definitely you definitely could learn a lot. That was that was one of those accidental educational mm-hmm. games. Yeah, I love yeah. I loved it. I spent hours building stuff just to tear it down again with with a uh, disaster.
0: Mhm. Yeah, when you're done with the place.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or oh, you don't, you know, you don't like how it's developing thus far. Mm-hmm. Um, bloody October 3rd. That was a useless statement I just made. Sorry. I'm not going to edit it out, so I'm just going to call myself on it now. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, but he came out in October and I've got a bunch of facts about it in front of me, which is making me want to read those facts to you, but it doesn't matter. like They're not interesting. So <laughs> it's like just because I'm staring at them, I feel compelled to start reading them, but it's just words. They're terrible. Those ranked the fourth best PC ever by PC World in 2009. Um, 11th by, yeah, just stuff. Yeah. SimCity.
0: My final words is... The game that got me started playing adventure games entirely was King's Quest IV. Anyways, and by the time I played it, it was 1989. I don't know if it actually came out in 88. I live in Canada. We get everything a little bit behind. (laughs) <laughs> around here. But that was like the year I really, I got it. I, I jumped from playing like simple arcade games like Tapper and Floppy Frenzy. And I, I got into the, the next level of games. So whether it's a game that came out in 89 or the fact that I started playing cooler games in 1989, but like that year was just epic. That's, that's what I want to leave off with.
1: Well, it was lovely. I'm going to say as little as possible as to not ruin... Any potential, you know, moments and stuff. And
0: feelings. (laughs) Yeah.
1: All right, guys. Well, thank you very much for joining us this week. And, uh, you know, we hope you're bloody doing well. No, not you. The listeners. Hmm. We're we're checking in on them, you know? Hope you guys are all right. If you're ever not, text me or message me. I mean, any bloody time of day. Uh, But, you know, it's got to be serious if it's going to be that, you know? I don't want to (laughs) overextend the... (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> like, if you're in a dark place, I'm there for you. Otherwise, you, you probably could reach out to somebody that you know. Um, this is a weird we do way to like end it. You dial a
0: Sierra game. Yeah. If, if you get like, depressed, you can be like, What Sierra game should I play? And then you dial the number, and we'll be like, Oh, you should be playing Quest for Glory 1.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's
0: a <laughs> yeah.
1: If you're, if you're ever in a bad place, and the only way to get out of it is to have some random person yell things about Sierra to you. I'm, I'm here, mate.
0: Or just <laughs> tune into the podcast. We'll do that anyways. <laughs> that's, that's really all we do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. Did you know there's a patch for Space Quest 2 where you can wear the purple and white uniform? Well, bloody, yeah. you know, there is, obviously. All right, yeah. let's just let's let them go, right? All right, guys. All right, guys. Oh, also, you got to <laughs> you got homework to do. You got to bloody go to Facebook and look at Classic Gamers Guild on there. It's a fake... It's a page, it's a group. Stop by, say, say hello to us. Uh, you know, join the chat, start a chat, whatever. but uh, you know, do it, please. Um, go on Instagram at CGG. Is that too many G's? I don't know. It's CGG podcast. Yes. Yeah, we're going to get there, guys, we're doing it together. Twitter is at the CG Guild. You can send us an email at mail at Um, to all of our Patreons, thank you sincerely for supporting the show. We really appreciate you guys. Um, It means a lot to us. It's not one of them things that just gets forgotten about and taken for granted, not on our end, because we see... Uh, we're reminded of it constantly through through Patreon and things like that, so we never have a moment where we don't appreciate what you guys do to support us, and I know it's your hard-earned, and that's what makes it mean so much more that you spend a little bit of it on us, so thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really helps us out and helps us take care of hosting fees and all that fun stuff, so thank you so much to all of our Patreons, and of course to those in our extra special thanks tier, which would be Jay Holmes and Mark Fillion, you guys are legends. Thank you so, so very much for your support and love. Uh, everybody check out Mark's game, Chinatown Detective Agency. Go bloody wishlisted.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Don't bloody uh, not do a murder.